Welcome to Probably Science. I'm your host, one of three, in fact. I'm Jesse Case. And I am Andy Wood. And I'm Matt Cushion, and we are broadcasting from from a hurricane right now, like, <laughs> like weathermen. <laughs> we are. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we, we've got a We're in a one of those his... crazy planes with the giant disc on top. Yeah, we, we're storm we're chasers now. That's what we are. This is a storm chasing show. And... And what what better guest for that than a truly <laughs> legendary storm <I> chaser? <laughs> legendary, <laughs> legendary storm chaser. I yes. saw Twister in the theater and partially on cable as well. <laughs> yes, I saw, we're, it, I saw it drunk in the theater. Oh, uh, and you enjoyed shot. it in the theater more than I did. Yes. The well-known Jim Cantori of comedy. We're joined by John Fugelson. <laughs> yeah, the- this, that is the voice of <laughs> of. Radio host, comedian, writer, actor, host of Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progress 127. You might also know him from VH1. Oh my. He's he's interviewed more Beatles than most of our guests. (laughs) It's it's John Fugelsang. You you have. I think you have the highest uh, the highest Beatle number of any of our past. I I I have. No, we had the FBI on once. Oh, yeah, we did have the FBI. Oh, <laughs> Remember the FBI. when we had the FBI? That's right. Yeah. They, they didn't actually interview. They just surveilled. But, well, okay. Uh, oh, that's okay. true. Yeah. Right. One man's surveil. I, yeah, I've, only, I've only interviewed two of them, Matt. I handed Ringo a glass of water once. Uh, um, and I've interviewed that a lot counts. of their kids, and I've interviewed Yoko um, but, uh, and, and, and wives and such. But I've only actually like done a formal interview with two of them. So, uh, have, you, uh, have you interviewed Zach Starkey? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Backstage at a Who show, and he was amazing. I was I did a backstage at an Oasis show, um, but then they closed with I am the walrus. And from where I was standing, I'm going to make the episode about me, by the way. Uh, that's, that's how we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Take so much pressure off of me if you'll do that. Thank you. Yeah, no, we bring someone on and then we just don't let them talk. Yeah, that's and, great, because then when it fails, they'll blame you and not me. So I actually yes. very comfortable with this format. I thank you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, where I was standing, I could only see the drums. So for a second, I could sort of pretend I was at a Beatles uh, show. That's all I'm saying. It was very he's cool. An for he's, he's an animal, Zach Starkey. I, I, I never saw him do a Beatles song. I saw Sean Lennon uh, do Tomorrow Never Knows once with Beck and Wilco, and that was Whoa. pretty crazy. Oh, uh, shit. And, and your blues as well. Yeah. But Whoa. I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of Beatle kids just getting over it and doing Beatles songs live in concerts, because why not? Yeah, let go of the. It's like you you can't outdo your parents. They're Beatles. It's not going to happen. If your dad is is John or George, they're not around to play the songs live, so we rely on their kids to do it. So I'm we do. all for that. Yes, we do. Yeah, we're solving everything here. By yeah. the way, we we had Harry Nilsson's son Kifo on the podcast, and that's him. I wish he would put out more. I don't think he actually has like albums. You can find YouTube videos of him playing some of his dad's songs at the piano. And like, he has his dad's voice. It's amazing. And that's one of my favorite singers of all time. Yeah. Donnie Harrison just looks just like his dad. Like it's, you're just like, that's George George Harrison. That's crazy. Yeah, He looks just like him. When you watch the concert for George and you see him playing with Paul and Ringo and Jeff Lynn and Tom Petty, it's just eerie. Yeah. And And Prince. And Prince. Well, that was at the that was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame dinner, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was the tribute. Oh. No, no, Prince wasn't there, and I, I was there. I actually flew to London for that thing. It was amazing. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Let me. I, 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I interrupted. I'm Go sorry. ahead, please. No, no. Uh, at the end of where, when they play While My Guitar Gently Weeps and Prince like rocks that solo, what happens to his guitar? I've seen that clip so many times. He just Nobody throws it. Nobody knows. No one knows what happened to Prince's guitar. There never was a guitar. No, no, no I'm I'm being serious. What? Like, is that a, am I crazy or is that a no. well-known like mystery? Not no, to root. It's, it's famous. Well, not to okay. ruin the bit, but actually, I just happened to rewatch this last week because they put out a director's cut. Like the, the director of that special put out his you know favorite angles and such of that. Oh, okay, and you do see him throw it into the audience to someone who catches it. Like it was an okay. arranged it's above, thing. It's above him. He throws it. Uh, Tom he f- Petty. It was Tom Petty's idea to ask Prince to do it because he was being inducted the same night. So, I mean, Clapton does one of the greatest guitar solos in history on the original. And they invite Prince to come and far, far surpass Clapton's original. But in the end, he throws it up in the air. And what I always heard was that they had prearranged it with a guitar tech who was on a rafter and they just caught it. Oh, I thought it was in the... I gotta rewatch it. But maybe, went, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe he threw it to the crowd and they just had the camera shots make it look like it just went up. I think, right. watch I think it, it was. It was a, I think it was in the crowd, but it is it yeah. is his guitar tech who's one of his jobs was basically to be ready to catch his guitar at any moment. Wasn't there a guy like you know when way back in the day? You know, sort of like how the Beatles had one roadie. Yeah. Like no one had figured it out yet. You know, the, it, like arenas and stuff. It was new, and there was a guy. Like Hendrix's guy, at one point his job was just to stand behind the Marshall cab so Hendrix could hump it and it wouldn't fall over. (laughs) That was like his job. Like during Machine Gun or something, he's like, ah, shit, time to hold the cab up. Um, (laughs) It's great on the resume, you know? Yeah, like the guy who carried Elvis's special pouch on tours. Absolutely. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that clip blows my mind. It's very cool to know that. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't know what happened. That's probably the night Eric Clapton became like an anti-vaxer. He saw the guitar disappear. And he's uh, like, Prince, uh, Prince got the jab. He's like, I'm not doing this. Prince it makes guitars disappear, and it like changed his whole world. The concert for George version is great because McCartney's on piano and singing harmonies with Clapton. That got a, a, a Grammy nomination. And Ringo's on drums and Tom Petty's playing too. So that's totally worth watching as well. Nice. Yeah, no, for sure. I always tap out when, they're, when they whip out the ukuleles and stuff. And it's like I get it, you know? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. They do something great with the ukulele in that movie. But I've, I'm, I'm with you. Um, listen, if you're ukulele averse, I totally get it. These zeros were hard on all of us. I'm not ukulele averse, but it's but it's like listen. There's a reason that they had access to ukuleles and they decided not to do that when they recorded something. <laughs> well, and... not, not to out geek you, but George's last album, his posthumous album that Jeff Lynne and Donnie produced, there is ukulele on every single track of George's final record, and he was a ukulele freak, which is why McCartney started playing something on the ukulele every night, and then at the concert for George, McCartney starts on ukulele, then Clapton and the entire band take over, and then McCartney did that version again on his uh, Good Evening New York City live album. What I'm trying to say is, Paul McCartney has released three different live versions of George Harrison's something, and in his (laughs) lifetime, George Harrison released two versions of the same song. Yeah, I just... I. It would be very funny to me if the order was reversed on because like, you know, George went to India, became hugely influenced, brought back his sitar. You know, the rest is history. 
But then apparently the same thing happened with like just Hawaii. Like he went on vacation to Hawaii, and he's like, "This <laughs> this has changed my whole <laughs> world." But I mean, he the, actually I, went he went to an alt comedy show in New York, right? But then and, he uh, <laughs> but then he he died right after. So now everybody's like, "Well, we have to do the ukulele thing." And it, if that was reversed, and Paul <laughs> Paul had to lug out a vena every night to you know, I remember <laughs> I remember George was always fiddling away at the Serenghi. Like, it, it ruined Paul's life. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is this is what we talk about on my show this every night. Science, this is yeah. this exact conversation. <laughs> anyway, they're an okay band. It, it, I mean, it, 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 yeah, <laughs> sim- we, now we all just, we're like, they're all right. But like, we're, we are ostensibly a science show, and you are ostensibly a politics show, but it doesn't take much for it to get diverted to, <laughs> to a Beatles show. Beatles no, chat. I'm always down. I'm always down. For- we talk about Beatles almost every... Beatles, Dylan, just classic rock. I'm all about trying to get Gen Z to listen, you know what I'm saying? So I go for old Beatles lore. That really does it for the millennials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we do like to ask our guests before we get into the stories of the week, um... What, if anything, is your background in science? And that's ranged from classes you liked or hated as a kid to blowing stuff up in the woods with your friends to whatever. Wow. Well, all of the above. I mean, I had a curious upbringing because um, my mom was a a nun. My mom went into the convent right out of high school and became a nun. Um, Her name became Sister Damien, and she became a nurse. The convent put her through nursing school and then sent her off to Africa to work first with lepers and then in a jungle hospital in Malawi. So my 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 dad was a Franciscan brother who was, you know, social justice Catholic, wearing the brown robes and the rope belt and walking amongst the people like the lost Jedi Knight of Flatbush. And my dad was all about the spirituality and the social justice. He taught me about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. My mom was all about the spirituality and the science. I was raised by a nurse who was also a former nun. So I grew up in a, a really interesting kind of childhood where there was a lot of spirituality, um, not an over-reliance on religion. Nobody worshipped the Pope. They didn't make us go to confession or anything like that. But we were very, very spiritual and religious, and at the same time, very uh, pro-science, very pro-social justice, civil rights, liberal politics in my house. It was as much Gandhi and Dr. King as it was, you know, Jesus. So, you know, for me growing up, it was always really weird seeing how many fundamentalist Christian people were so terrified of science and so terrified of politics that actually reflect the teachings of Jesus that it always made it really confusing for me. And uh, by the time I was a teenager, I just kind of realized that anybody who's a person of faith, who's scared of science, is a person who doesn't really have a lot of faith. And as I got further away from organized religion, but more into learning the Bible and learning what people lived like at that time, I I really came to believe that the Bible actually isn't really in conflict with science. Most of the Old Testament is uh, uh, metaphorical truths. There's not a lot of not a lot of facts, but there is a lot of truth, but it is all about order coming from chaos. And you can read the book of Genesis and say, well, this is totally consistent with Darwinian theory of evolution, as long as you don't take talking snakes and stuff as literal fact. So, you know, I grew up with a really, really um, interesting relationship uh, because I didn't know a lot of people who were very religious and very pro-science at the same time. See, I've always found this interesting when I talk to you because, you know, I, I'm quite comfortably atheist and i know you are religious but also spend oh, a lot not, of time I'm not, not religious not religious oh sorry 
Yeah, I a, belie- I, a believer, yeah. I should say. But um, I, mean, I aspire to be, I aspire to be more Christian. But I also love kicking the shit out of these racist fundamentalist uh, fake Christian frauds. Well, it is interesting seeing, like, because the way I've seen you arguing multiple times with sort of fundamentalists online, and it is interesting seeing someone who actually does believe, does have an element of belief, but also knows the Bible very well arguing, rather than someone from my point of view, which is just very, I don't agree yeah. with the Bible, but also, I, you know, I come from a hard science background. Same. Yeah, well, I mean, I love atheists. I believe in atheists. Some of the best Christians, <laughs> some of the best Christians I've ever known are atheists. Um, but for me, it's like, you don't need to believe in the Bible as literal fact to use it against these homophobic, transphobic, racist, trickle-down, Trumpian bigots. And I, I like, I, at this point, you know, Christianity has sort of become douchebag camouflage, and I like to think that I'm in the camouflage removal business. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm all for faith. I love people of all religions. Uh, the overwhelming majority of moderate and liberal Christians, Muslims, and Jews are getting along just fine right now. They're not making the news for it, but they're getting right. along just fine. It's the fundamentalists of I'm every just, religion that are I'm- causing all the problems right now. I'm upset at the Council of Nicaea for, like, cutting all the butt stuff. <laughs> you know, like, the, like famously, there were several scrolls of very graphic uh, butt stuff. And they... <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> like, I, I, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of sex left in the Bible. Song of Solomon, you'll, you'll, have, a, you'll have a party. Bring your lady sometime. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> no, no. And the, and the foot stuff. Yes. <laughs> The foot washing is really something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I was sitting in the back during mass and scream like, get to the foot shit. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, that's, that's very uh, interesting to me. So I'm not in the hurricane. I'm in uh, the South, right? I'm in Nashville. And <clears throat> I had forgotten, so I, you know, lived in LA, of course, for years and, and hoped to get back very soon uh, to, to live. But it, I, I had forgotten conservative Christian Southern. I, I like, it was so, I think, traumatizing for my childhood. I forgot about it and yeah. then came back and I'm facing it again. I can imagine. And it's extremely uh, unchristian, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of the most is- Christian people I know are Satanists. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's fundamentalist Christianity, and it's fascinating to me because they don't just reject science. They, they, they reject Jesus, the guy they claim to follow. Like, right. I always tell my atheist friends, you don't need to believe in the book as literal fact to read the Jesus parts of the book and recognize that this character of Jesus, whether he's real, whether he's the son of God, whether he's the original innocent brown skin man executed by the state, whether he's just a myth, whatever you want to believe, the character in the book is a peaceful, radical, nonviolent revolutionary, hangs out with lepers, hookers, and criminals, not an American citizen. He never speaks English. He's completely anti-death penalty. He's anti-capitalism, anti-wealth, anti-public prayer, Matthew 6-5, motherfucker, anti-public prayer, (laughs) never once anti-gay, never once anti-abortion. The entire Bible's not anti-abortion. Judaism's not anti-abortion. Abortions are legal and free in Israel, right? What we call the fuck now. And he's a 
long-haired, brown-skinned, that's in Book of Revelation, uh, unarmed, community-organizing, anti-slut-shaming, Palestinian, liberal <laughs> Jew. That's the guy <laughs> they claim to follow. And that guy in this country couldn't get hired at House of Pancakes. So I'm just a big fan of, like, there'd be no room at the IHOP. I'm just a big fan of, of thumping Bible thumpers with the Bible. Um, and if necessary, right. brutal, basic science. Because... Again, um, you know, you, whether whether we're talking about denying vaccines or denying climate change uh, or denying the science of basic evolution, uh, for some reason, Christians have been hoodwinked for many, many years into opposing all of this shit, not out of faith, but out of fear. Let let me ask you this in the way that it super relates to politics. There, there was a new poll out today. Um I mean, I know it was like a, you know, dot YouGov or whatever thing. I like I know the polling can be flawed, but it it said something like the the people trust the the Trump voters. Right. Yeah. Trust that Trump is telling them the truth. And it was like 71 percent, but it was above all the other. So it was above their family and friends. Yeah. It was above the media. And then religious figures was at 41 percent. So so Trump was at the top and I've I know that people joke like it's a cult you're in a cult. Do yeah. you guys think a religion is starting? And I'm being kind of serious like like is a religion start like no, is, I think a, I is think this a cult how is they start? Is this is how they progress. start? Uh, a religion is not starting, a cult is in progress. And I saw the same poll, it was a CBS poll. Um, okay. Yes, it and, is. And they Trump they 71% of them trust Trump to tell them the truth. Um, their own family is only 63% and religious leaders only 42%. I wouldn't right. call it a religion because it's got nothing to do with worshiping God. And Trump support is a rejection of the teachings of Jesus. Let me say that again. Uh, you can't support Donald Trump and follow Jesus. The only thing they have in common is they hung out with prostitutes and they both use ghostwriters. So again, uh, to, <laughs> you, you have to actually uh, defecate on the teachings of Jesus and use the Bible as toilet paper to support Donald Trump's agenda. Whether it's, you know, family separation, stealing migrant children from their family, making the rich richer, bringing back torture, turning away war refugees. I mean, it's just it, it's blasphemy. But it's it's not a religion. It is a cult. And it is a cult that is beyond reason. It's beyond what's in the Bible. It's beyond facts. Uh, and it's beyond the Constitution. But is, fortunately, is, it's eroding and getting smaller every day. I completely agree. But is that is that how we separate cult and religion is whether it involves God, because because something I was thinking about is like, OK, I don't believe, um, you know, they say like 70 percent of Trump voters um, believe the last election was stolen, which I do not believe. I I'm a election denier denier. Right. <laughs> but, you but, mean you believe in science and facts and empirical evidence? Well, well, no. What what I mean is, if if 70 million people thought that we became a dictatorship which is what that would mean that democracy right. died on that day. I mean, I then you just like share Facebook memes. I'd steal a tank. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Every city should be on fire if they believed that. Yeah, if they believe so, that they would. So they don't or they're like the laziest revolutionaries that's ever. I just think I just think deep down they know deep down. But, oh, they if, are. Yeah. but if they don't. And there's no evidence that means that Trumpism has become faith based 
And that's where I'm like, oh, this is getting very dangerous and weird. No, I'm with you. But I think the difference is that um, in a religion, there's usually a priesthood, uh, right? Mostly male. Uh, there's a priesthood and religions try to have a mass following. But cults follow one leader. Right. Not okay. worshiping a spiritual okay. deity. They follow one leader and they ran cults rely on, you know, special knowledge that only our leader has. And, you know, that's sort of where QAnon comes into this whole Trump thing. Right. They don't right. even have cool Nikes. They're not even a proper cult. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're horrible yeah. shoes. You got to have a signature people? drink, signature shoe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, it's a cult and it, and it is a cult of unmanly obedience um, and should be described as one because these people have traded their morality and their manhood to have blind obedience to the former host of Celebrity Apprentice. And uh, it is sad and pathetic and has nothing to do with religion or with the Constitution. It's just pure mediocre authoritarianism 101 it right. really is mediocre <laughs> it's very so it's, mediocre it's, what was it uh hannah arendt was like the the yeah. banality of evil oh yeah oh just she, just so it's yep. such banality it's and so she should get a commission check for that phrase every time mike pence opens his mouth <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> She's racking up from the Iowa State Fair right now. <laughs> she's getting, uh, she's racking up. Wow. But it's, so but not it's to like, turn this. Go ahead, sorry, please. Go. I was going to say, not, not to turn this entirely political, but I'm just curious. Do you think, since I'm sure you're more well-versed in this than I am, I just saw a, a story about how it's possible that Trump could be ruled ineligible to serve, regardless of whether there's a conviction on these current charges. Yeah. Is, I mean, is there he, any path to that or not? There, well, I'd, I'd be scared of it. There, I mean, he is ineligible. He is. It's not a debate. He is ineligible under the 14th Amendment. He tried to throw out the will of the American voters and have fake electors uh, committing a fraud with a conspiracy to uh, defraud the United States citizens. So, yeah, he's right. not eligible. But obviously putting him in jail is the worst thing that this society could do, because then you would see more stochastic terrorism and violence in the streets. I think the worst way to punish him is to move the trial, the trial dates up as soon as possible. I, I, I'm not very popular. A lot of people on the left get mad at me, but I don't think he's ever going to jail. I don't uh, either. I, 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 don't either yeah. I really don't. It's my most, I have a lot of unpopular opinions. Love the fifth Indiana Jones movie. Um, I, I thought Bar <laughs> I think Barbie was a better script politically than, than Oppenheimer, but my most unpopular opinion is that Trump is never going to jail uh, his his purgatory his 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 punishment it's happening right now stop and smell the train wreck because you're never going to see him in prison fatigues to see if orange clashes with orange but yeah. i do think that you know the democrats are going to be in for a real world to hurt if somehow this guy is knocked out of the race and glenn youngkin winds in swooping in and they run against someone that uh can easily beat joe biden i i, I joe biden is 80 oh, yeah. now and in two years joe biden will be 137 which means donald <laughs> trump is the only person he can beat so, oh, you're, you're rooting for the candidacy because that's just, it's beatable. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, a good, I mean, that's a good argument. I'm rooting for whatever's most entertaining on TV and whatever <laughs> will hurt the fewest people and humiliate the largest number of racists. So, that's sort of how I go with it. So you think the the possible thing here, because they're obviously, his whole strategy is delay it, yeah. delay all this as much as possible, try to win the election, and then, you know, pardon yourself or do do whatever. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, if he's convicted of those things... Then, then he's ineligible. Um, well, you're definitely in a better position if you're, you know, facing a lot of charges. If you are also in charge of an army or the biggest army yeah, in the world, like yeah, that's definitely yeah, helpful. But abs absolutely, but I, I, I very much worry about him winning. I don't think he would. Um, I feel better about it than I did the first, yeah, Biden election. So, like I feel like 
more people are just like this fucking guy you know well we definitely i think yeah. we're in similar positions i think uh i well i john and i talked about this on his show a couple of days ago because uh, i definitely i'm in a similar boat where i'm like I feel like Trump's the easiest person for Biden to beat now, but also that's what I felt <laughs> with Hillary, Hillary in 2016, and sure. I've been wrong about every election. Well, yeah, I don't so. want to risk that, is my point. Like, I, I yeah. agree he's not I going know. to jail, but I'd love for just just get a guilty verdict. He's ineligible. I know. Oh, I know. And it's like, you know. it's it's so, it's, it's another risky pleasure that I should stop indulging in, because I just, I'm sorry, I want to see this guy lose the popular vote for a third time. It's like edging for me. I just want to go as close. <laughs> yeah. You're like edging, can. stop edging as fascism. As close as I can to like edging fascism and then bring it back, bring it back. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm talking about science, Matt, like we discussed yeah. in advance? This is how it always goes. It's, yeah. Well, you, you, you know what is like, like edging, but then suddenly <laughs> catastrophically not? Oh, what's that, Matt? A hurricane? Uh... I, w- I was going to go with the, the Russian Luna 25 oh, moon mission yes. that has crashed into the surface of the yes. moon. Like, this is breaking breaking news almost at the time of recording. Uh, I think this is going to go out a little bit later because we're trying to... Uh, yep. Zero dogs on board. Uh, They've learned. Zero dogs They've on board. Learned. Failed. Yeah. It failed. It failed. It <laughs> failed. It's so sad. And, and by the way, it's really sad because it crashed on the moon, which means Vladimir Putin can't throw it out of a high window to punish it for its failure later. <laughs> <laughs> the dog was still the, the dog that should have been on board and wasn't that could, that could have stopped this catastrophe right. uh, will find itself being suitably punished. Yeah. Uh, listener Christopher Cooper sent in this story, by the way. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Uh, there, well, there's the space.com version of the story, and there's a BBC version of the story. And I, I, I let, let's go with the BBC one because you know it's going to be more talks, neutral and less talks about space. sausage. Talks about sausage more. Yeah, there's um, so let's go to the RT. Doc, let's go to the RT one that says uh, lander reaches moon. <laughs> in great, <laughs> right, right, yeah, in great triumph. <laughs> <laughs> This is this this is unmanned. It doesn't say how whether it's undogged, but it is unmanned. <laughs> Pretty sure uh, it's undogged too. Uh, Luna twenty five spacecraft uh, has crashed into the moon after spinning out of control. It was Russia's first moon mission in almost fifty years. It was due to be the first ever to land on the moon's south pole, but failed after entering problems as it moved into its pre-landing orbit. And it was set to explore a part of the moon which scientists think could hold frozen water and precious elements. So Russia's space. Uh, corporation uh, Roscom- uh, Roscosmos said on Sunday morning that it lost contact with the Luna 25 shortly after 14:57 uh, p.m. on Saturday. Uh, that's why. Hang on, wow. you don't write. You don't write 14:57 p.m. You don't write no, you're 24 right. hour clock and then put p.m. <laughs> afterwards. That's <laughs> that's happened it both ways. <laughs> that's that's two. Yeah. That's two. That's three three a.m. That's three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's oh. that's that's three minutes to three in the morning. Uh, is is fourteen fifty seven p.m. Uh, preliminary findings show that the eight hundred kilogram lander had ceased to exist as a result of collision with the surface of the moon. It said in a statement, it's quite Python esque in its phrasing. <laughs> it's it said a special commission would look into why the mission failed. Uh, the loss is a blow to Roscosmos, which Russia's civilian space program has been in decline for several years as state funding is increasingly directed towards the military. Uh, Russia was racing to the moon's south pole against India, 
whose uh, Trandrayan uh, 3 spacecraft is scheduled to land there in the coming days. Oh, it's almost, it's going to be there. It's going to send a rover to explore the rocks and craters, gathering data and images to send back to Earth. Parts wow. of the moon south. Yeah, I, I didn't know that it was that close, the race between Russia and India on this one. But parts of the moon's south pole remain permanently in shadow, which makes finding water a possibility. Hmm. Uh, this is... This is, what, a, what a dick move on the BBC's part. They they went to the Indian Space Agency for a comment. They went to ISRO, <laughs> which is Indian's, uh, India's NASA, uh, says, uh, it, it just gave the quote, uh, they described the Lunar 25 crash as, quote, unfortunate. Mm, uh, mm. Every... Every space mission is risk, very risky and highly technical. It's unfortunate that Luna 25 has crashed, they told the BBC. Great opportunity for them to make good jokes, though. Like, uh, you know, they could they could successfully land and release their South Pole pictures and, like, the crashed object, you know, it's just, it's just like, made, made of tinfoil and, like, like off in the distance, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, they could do it like one of those ads on TV for claiming, for insurance claims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen the... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, have you guys seen the the Russian manned? They ne- they never successfully landed people on the moon, uh, like like people. But right. have you guys seen their lander? Looks way cooler than ours. The the oh, limb. No. I'll uh, I'm gonna link it. It's called the LK, and that was it was a one person, not a two person, and looks like the type of stuff you imagine, like you know, like in the 1950s, oh, the like yeah. futurists. Yes. Covers of, you know, where you're like, yeah, Flash Gordon, space stuff. Yes, you know? the way all the, all the architecture in the 1960s looked so futuristic, which is why all that architecture looks so 1960s now, you mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it does look, it looks very steampunk, doesn't it's very it? very Burning yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and also very sort of Jules Verne. Yeah. I, I can't believe this yeah. Luna 25 thing has crashed into the side of the, the moon, the dark side of the moon, and it still gets a better Wi-Fi signal in my apartment. Like, literally, they're still <laughs> talking to it. I can't, I can't figure out how this one that Jesse just linked to made sense design-wise, because I think there's a reason you don't see a lot of concave surfaces on... Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. No, that would be true if there were greater pressure on the outside. That wouldn't make sense. Um, but I guess, yeah, the combination of concave and convex just seems like you're introducing weaknesses as opposed to making a module kind of all convex. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I, it must be so that it could, f- for reasons of sort of, f- I would guess, for reasons of fitting inside the craft that's taking it up, because you wouldn't... I guess, yeah. Everything's done for reasons. Well, I well, assume... Every, everything in space is done for practicality, unless you're uh, unless you're Elon Musk or, and SpaceX, in which case some of it's just because, hey, this would look cool, right? Sure, would look cool. Sure. Would, it, would it look cool? I w- this would look cool. I assume that concave part was a dog bed oh. for, the, for the innocent <laughs> puppy that they were going to send up and not tell the trainer. It looks suspiciously like the part of the... Um, <laughs> of the submersible where you can view the Titanic while you're taking a shit. Oh, uh, God. I, re- I just read... I'll see if I can find it. Put, if I can, I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, just a very long read about, uh, like, a long uh, deep dive article. A deep dive was unintentional there, sorry. Um, about the many flaws and warnings that went into... Uh, that went into that thing and the me- the many different times it had gone wrong. Mm. <laughs> including the the guy who... To, who was the owner of the company who was piloting at the time of the implosion yeah 
it it talks about there there were other I, maybe you'd already read these but it, it went into a bunch of other incidents with him in the past including one time he took uh some people down on a significantly shallower dive to a wreck that is at a depth which is still pretty deep but at a depth that certain very expert scuba divers can actually reach without a submersible so not that deep by submersible standards and he he was in there with a a highly qualified pilot who was part of the company at one point who then quit he was the one who wrote the report that he that uh he was trying to send to the various inspection people um but the guy who owned it he he ignored the plan to you're meant to sort of land on the surface of the right. ocean like 50 meters away from the wreck and then slowly move towards it but instead he's like now nah, going in instantly gets it wedged underneath the boat jesus uh spends an hour refusing to let anyone else help him try get out while he threw a tantrum until one of the other passengers like screamed just let him do it uh about the uh about the guy who's the actual pilot at which point he threw the controller across the across the very small room at him you don't like consider gamer rage when when you're yeah, when you're right? doing that you it don't is, consider it it's like fully <laughs> gamer rage spilled it's like his an older, cheetos and he yeah. it's like an older brother going like i can get it i can get past this level i can get through his controller just let your brother do it and then you can parry over the game no i know how to do it he threw it across the across uh, like uh and then threw and threw a strop and the the other guy got it out in 15 minutes uh like this is the guy again sh- shouldn't laugh people lost their lives but i mean you know we did a special for, we did a special for Sirius XM um a couple of years ago where we worked with Necton submersibles um and went to the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle to do a special like we had we have a lot of explorers on our show and we had these guys that did all these submarine missions from Britain and we we cooked up this scheme they were they they invited us down we flew a bunch of us to to Bermuda went so you actually you actually physically went in this I thing I physically went in it but it was a it wow. was one of the kinds that you take down to the Titanic my pilot had actually been to the Titanic to film it for James Cameron's documentary Ghost of the Deep his he made a documentary about the Titanic wreckage yeah so right. I was sitting next to a guy who had gone to the Titanic wreckage many times we were in one of these two man hamster wheels just a little tiny submersible that goes down and our whole goal was to try to just to do a uh, to set a Guinness record and do the deepest radio show in history. <laughs> Considering how shallow my content is, it's rather ironic. But we were down <laughs> one thousand and two feet in the Bermuda Triangle, and complete complete darkness. And we just like did a special that was sort of a a, a stunt um, to raise awareness about you know ocean acidification and trawling and all the things that are a threat to the ocean. But I had like Mark Hamill call in and Lewis Black call in and David Crosby called in and so we actually did like a talk show with celebrities at the bottom of the ocean and let me tell you it was it was one of those times where I just it was so spiritual and yet all my faith was in science because it was pitch black it was very claustrophobic and I had to go four hours without running to a men's room and focus on my live broadcast and not let the willies get to me so when I saw the size of that can that man brought folks down in there I mean I, I'm I'm just completely shocked. Um, but you know what's going to happen? You know someone is going to start like selling tours to go see the wreckage 
of the it's ship just, next to the wreckage of the Titanic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you want to see where those tale. five yeah. people lost their lives, we will take you to the spot where five people lost their lives, seeing where 1,000 people lost their lives. Someone's going to do it. <laughs> if there's a way to cash in on this, they will. Sort of a, oh, a, a human centipede of tragedy, yes. you know. Yes. We'll but I guess as going. long as it always reduces by that order of magnitude with every new mission, by the, by the third or fourth one, it's a stunt. Yeah, the next one will be like so. two guys, you know, and that'll be fine. I mean, right. yeah, well, one person got a sprained finger. That's yeah. like how quickly it's reducing. It's just um, it, at the time it happened. Although honestly, gentlemen, I was like, my God, they were going to see the Titanic, but they had such hubris that their technology was powerful enough, and I was just like overdosing on metaphor it's and needed fe- like Narcan by the time. It was over. It's yeah, like, that, uh, but also, like you said, that the thing that you went down in is was significantly smaller. I'd imagine it was much smaller, as close to perfectly round as perfectly round. Yeah, because, like Andy was saying, like the the less round anything is, the more pressure there is. Uh, exactly, the bigger the sort of pressure to surface area ratio. It, it, um, even a mook like me can understand looking at the shape of that thing. Yeah, looking at the the shape of that submersible is what killed those poor people. You're right. Yeah, and the fact that it was made out of relative, like un, it was it was carbon fiber. It was carbon yeah. fiber was the thing that the the Titan craft was made out of, and it was um not tested or validated to that level. They they hadn't gone through like the thing that James Cameron went down in. Firstly, it had so many different levels of failsafe, and also every time they would repeatedly test these equip the every component of this thing in sort of hyper hyperbaric chambers rated to higher pressure than it would ever get to at the deepest depths of the ocean. It was also yeah. like three uh, times the size for one person, exactly. which shows you how much you need, you know, yeah. for the for a proper bathosphere. Um, yeah, unreal. Yeah. Had, had, did, did PlayStation like release a statement where they were like, we didn't know... Logitech. He's going to use our controller. Yeah. Oh, Logitech. It was, just, it was a third party. So, I mean, it's, it almost. Oh, it was like an Amazon, an Amazon yeah. Prime sort Amazon of Basics. controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An Amazon Basics controller. <laughs> wow. God, it's really. Do they have a second one, like a backup for if the guy throws another strop and throws one of them across the room? Yeah, oh, yeah, but not Bluetooth. It's just a USB. You got to go hook it up, and your mom gets mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least in their defense or in the defense of like that, that part sounds silly, but that's not a life critical part of it. Cause this, you know, if, right, if the right. hole isn't compromised, there are tons of safety measures that are just like things inflate and you ascend. Like it doesn't really matter the controller thing compared to just structural integrity of the hole itself. I, th- I think it's just analogous it's to. It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it's analogous it. to how much it. of a horrible, you know, an unthought out mess the whole thing is but to hey help. thank god for lack of regulations right thank yeah. god there weren't too many <laughs> free market that's, baby. thank god free the market government, the government got off that guy's back you know we at a time when billionaires can go to space and veterans can go to food pantries thank god <laughs> there wasn't yeah. any pesky regulation stopping those folks from enjoying their dive i i don't trust any uh especially rich people i don't trust any rich person that wants to go to international waters you know? yeah. I'm like, no good things no, happen. No, this is, none of this is good. I'm not uh, going out there here, with you. Here, here we go, by the way. I found the article. It was in Vanity Fair. So I'll, we'll put that in the show notes for you to read the whole thing. It's a, it's a long read, but it's a good read. And yeah, they went to the, the Andrea Doria. That's the, uh, yeah. the wreckage that they went to. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Lock, um, Stockton Rush. 
you know, disregarded the safety instructions he, to land 50 meters away. He got tangled in the current, managed to wedge the sub beneath the and- Andrea Doria's crumbling bow, uh, bow rather, and uh, <laughs> descended into full-blown panic. Lockridge, who's the the pilot who um, ended up quitting Ocean Gate, uh, he tried to take the helm, but Russia refused to let him, melting down for over an hour until finally one of the clients shrieked, give him the fucking controller. <laughs> at which Oof. point, Rush hurled the controller, a video game joystick, at Lockridge's head. Lockridge free, free the sub in 15 minutes. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. In, in other water tragedy news, uh, how we doing? How are we looking over there in LA right now, guys? Hurricane yeah. well, it, Hillary bearing down. Say, here comes the podcast of the hurricane. Um, well, it was. It, yeah, it was. It was raining quite heavily earlier this morning. Now it seems to be raining lighter. I don't. I think right now we, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's gonna get worse later, but it seems to be relatively calm so far. It seems to be just like a rainy day. We're setting up a hotline for any Los Angeles citizens who are terrified of what we back east call weather. Uh, so um, if any weather happens in your neighborhood, I heard with the wind chill it might go down to sixty tonight. We are taking your calls. Uh, I, I'm from New York. I grew up in hurricanes, and this is literally the first day of my vacation in LA. I got here oh just God. in time oh uh, for the first hurricane in 80 something years but you know i mean la look la's got a lot of practice dealing with a lot of environmental problems uh they're way ahead of things more than new yorkers i'm everyone has been telling me that i brought the hurricanes here so i guess when i go home i can bring the earthquakes back to new york right right yeah well that's the thing we we did do some sort of emergency shopping yesterday but i also feel like most of the things we bought also go into the earthquake kit so <laughs> how many yeah. like howard hughes style people do you think are trying to film in this because it's it's like so rare to just get a free set like that you know in la <laughs> like a free background oh, like, don't have to have that, like super fake there's only like rain happening for the first 30 feet away from the camera and you can see the dry road behind it and- right right so like how many just sort of low budget are like no we have to we have to film we have to film in this yeah, I don't you know. know. I just watched Thelma and Louise for the first time. I don't know if you guys have seen that recently enough to remember that for some reason when the agents come over to, is it Daryl, the husband? Mm-hmm. There's just like this downpour that's the fakest look, like like I'm saying, like you can see 20 feet behind it. It's sunny and there's dry roads. <laughs> and then the, the storm serves no plot purpose. Like they cut to these scenes multiple times. I guess it's just like heightened it's just like stakes are raised as the agents are going inside the house. Just, but not, there's no reason it has to be raining at all. Mm. Yeah, it's clearly just a, a rig set up, and then you see Prince's guitar fall down. Sure, yeah. I felt I, I had the same critique of singing in the rain. I'm like, this, this is not necessary to the plot. It's the rain. The rain. I like the singing. Didn't care for the rain. Didn't, didn't care for the rain. Didn't, didn't could have made just cool. singing. Could have just made singing, and it would be fine. One Thank song yeah. didn't advance the story. We could have left five minutes sooner. I didn't like it. Could have been called Singing in the Road. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Just, but it's, it's, it, is, it is really amazing out here just, uh, you know, because it's really scary. I'm hoping that it does just pass over. I'm talking to y'all no. from the beach, from the beach where we, we hear nonstop about how the homeless situation is so bad in Santa Monica and Venice. And it is. But, I mean, I think it's gotten much worse since COVID and since, of course, uh, since the opioid crisis made it a lot easier to want to come live out on the street in Venice Beach. And so I'm just like hoping to God that this thing doesn't hit too hard because I don't know if the homeless are going to be prepared for this thing. It's, yeah, it's well, coming exactly. I, in the I next think hour. Supposedly, yeah. yeah. Supposedly, there, there have been the sort of the various services who help without going out on the streets. And but again, I'm 
fairly skeptical about any time that the city tries to help a group of people who they traditionally just move from place to place and occasionally yeah. steal their things. Um, but I think the bigger issue is going to be, it, it, there's a precedent for this 50 years ago, Hurricane Kathleen in 1976. I guess I should link to that. Um, and if you look at the, just on your phone's weather app, you can do that radar map and you can scroll forward the next 12 hours and you can see it's going to be extreme precipitation. It's almost 2 p.m. right now on Sunday and in the next hour, it'll be extreme precipitation from where I am in Joshua Tree all the way out to LA. But then it lingers, that only sticks around for like two or three hours for us, but then it lingers for five more hours along the entire Santa Monica mountain range, which is all oh, the mountains. Man. Okay, so let me just say something. I've been waiting for Hurricane Hillary for two days now. I was sitting outside all day waiting, and I, I'm, I'm on time, and she didn't show. And now if she doesn't show and completely flakes, that'll very, be the most L.A. The thing most that has ever happened. Oh, she'll be there in an hour. I can see the map oh, right now. Oh, no, yeah, it's, they always uh, say this. She texts me, be there in an hour. <laughs> yeah, this hurricane, see the this hurricane yeah. is going to flake on all of us like an L.A. person. Yep. She wants to, <laughs> yeah, she wants to do lunch, and uh. she's... She's just going to be making eye contact with other people. Oh, She'll be looking past you. Time. She'll be looking over my shoulder at other survivors. I know. Yeah. I will tell you this, John. When you meet Hillary, make sure to lead with your entire name, just in case. Just a reminder. <laughs> just put out your hand and first and last, because it's awkward if she has to. Yeah. But no, this thing in Ka Kathleen in the 70s, it was no joke. Like A fair number of people died um, in the Coachella Valley and San Gabriel. Or wait, which valley is the Inland Empire? Basically, the south south side of all of those mountains between LA and me that all just you know mudslides and things the city of Ocotillo yeah. was like wiped off the map so I think it's mostly going to be yeah if you're near hills more like I think if you're in a flatter part of LA I don't think it'll be awful but like you can see how I'm looking at the map right now and as you scroll forward the yellow just sticks around in those mountains for hours after the storm is already up in Nevada so I just, yeah, if you're on the side of a mountain listening, right, well, it's too late now. This is coming out next week, but um, 3 to <laughs> yeah, 6 p.m. Well, is going to be we, the test today. We all, we all sound completely ignorant to things that are already ancient history to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this will be like, this will be the hubris after doing that whole story oh, about God. the submarine. This will be Jesus. our moment of hubris. <laughs> just I'm like, going to be Yeah, it's going ah, to be a piece of piss. Look uh, how we mocked way, God I, talking about how this hurricane would be. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. As we were talking, I re realized there was a text from a friend of the show, Riley Newton, saying power has gone out in Glendale. Wow. Mm. So, okay. so if you if wanted to go the whole Americana to the Americana, is... yeah. Uh, if you needed to um, get your BMW detailed, uh, what else is Glendale? If you need to bury somebody like in a, in a legal in a cemetery, what other Glendale <laughs> cliches are there? I'm not even sure what else that's. Uh, botanical gardens, I guess, are over there. I think uh, they've got their own water rights. Right. Okay. Isn't that some novel thing about that city? Mm -hmm. well, that's mm -hmm. why it's a city rather than so many other parts of LA that are just actually LA is because of the water rights they have. I mean, Disneyland is open today. So <laughs> is know, it actually Mickey's got a set of balls on him. Disneyland stayed open today. Amazing. Yeah. And the lines aren't too long, guys. I'm sure. Oh, it would have been a good day to go. Yeah. Steve Agee <laughs> just drove out to the desert. Um, <laughs> he called me on Friday afternoon because he got his brand new Bronco stuck in the sand and I came and dug him out. Um, but he came out because you he said, just yeah. say horse. Like, what's know, that? Just you say horse. <laughs> you don't have to you know, get weird with it. And it was bucking. 
Uh, but he said he came out because he saw that was the first first like not crazy hot weekend in the desert. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason for that, Steve. Did you know about the, there's a hurricane coming? <laughs> so he's still here. We've been texting each other. Um, I think he might be in more trouble because he's got an Airbnb up in the foothills of the Oof. National Park here. We'll see. Yeah, don't drive through the water. I mean, that's that's all I that's all I'll say. This is like flash flooding. That is something I think that the you know SoCal doesn't. You're right. It's not their fault that they don't yeah. know about it much, and it's also crappy infrastructure. But like, I already know people are just going to be like, eh, it's a few inches of rain, and try to drive through it, and it's don't so, do it. Yeah, God, don't so do it. Right. You so can't right. do it. Again, go back in time and don't do it then because this will be out. Like right, next. but I mean, it, yeah, don't don't <laughs> yeah. have done it. Don't it, have done it. It takes like five inches of water to lose your car. Like it's unreal, you know. Yeah. So yeah, um, people are. It, you know, again, it, it's very. You 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 consistently underestimate what water is capable of. <laughs> yeah, water. just in general, just like respect it. Wait, why do we feel like we're? <laughs> we feel well, so like, above it. It's weird when you see it when you see a tsunami. I mean, I think that's the, the like the ultimate example because tsunamis do not look like tsunamis don't look like what you imagine they look like when you hear about them as a kid. Yeah, it's not the like, amplitude; think, it's the period. Yeah, it, exactly. When you hear about a tsunami as a kid, you you sort of picture like the biggest surfing wave mm. that is like that comes like right. The Statue of Liberty break. is swimming by because uh, it's yeah, been covered it, like, up. Yeah, yeah, like a, a hundred, two hundred meter wave that like crashes over the over the land and like sweeps everything out and instead it's not it looks like it almost looks like someone spilled a can of like a soda can on a table and it just sort of slowly spreads but just has so much mass like so much ludicrous yeah. momentum that it yeah. just takes everything in its wake and yeah, like an you look at that and wave. just think like yeah I could just paddle my way out of this <laughs> just, no, I recommend can't. everybody everyone should look at the International Space Station footage of this hurricane because it is really humbling and I won't make fun of anybody who is scared after watching it because it's just you just watch the shot as they go south down the coast you're seeing California you're seeing Baja and then the storm's size is so massive uh, I, I deeply recommend watching it and you'll be as creeped out as I am yeah. It's the size of Arizona or bigger. Yeah, yeah it's, it's huge. It's nuts. Too, and it's too big for a storm, if you ask me. Too big. Too, too big. Luckily on Earth, it seems like the weather is going in a positive direction. So we don't, you know, this is probably it. Once this happens, I think we're, we're good. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to be looking for a, a real, uh, what is the, a change in climate and everything will be great now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's just get through this one. And then uh, I feel like we, you know, hunker down. Let, let's let's start yeah. drilling more. Let's let's get more fossil fuels. It seems yeah. to be going well. Hunker down. That's and we'll what we always right. do, isn't it? We vote for change. Yeah, honestly, this is the change Obama promised us. Honestly, I, I wore a mask once and uh, it did nothing. So I know masks are a fraud. So if this is just rain, <laughs> we'll finally have proof that climate science is a fraud as well. That's all I really need to know. And I can watch more Tucker. Excellent. Yep. yep. Yeah. Where? Like, how, how do you find? You've really got to put the work in now to find him. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've just linked to, uh, uh, yeah, some of the the footage there, and it's, oh, this is this I'm, footage. By the way, I, I saw the footage before. I didn't have the music. It. The storm has been hitting as I've been talking about it, and now suddenly, in the last twenty minutes, my yard is starting to have a lot of standing water. Yeah, so it's starting to it's starting to pool out here too. By the we'll beach. see what happens. Mm. Were we uh, maybe we were were we in the eye? Uh, I think it's. It's, it calmed a bit and now it's peak. Yeah, I think it's due to get bigger and there it is. I'm just looking at the video right now, which we'll link in the show notes as well of, yeah, coming over the land. And yeah, it looks pretty, 
Looks pretty chunky. Looks like a pretty large amount of the earth covered. Looks, looks pretty chunky. It's a real. Is that the official meteorological? We got a real chunky. beefy. We got a real beefy zaddy coming in. It's a uh, thick, uh, thick with two can, C's. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you, the shelves at Whole Foods are empty. All the focaccia is gone. All the pumpkin spice is gone. All the lattes are gone. I mean, like people have really cleared out the the essential provisions for the weekend. Yeah. No, you, we can't find pesto or soy milk foam anywhere right now. The, the shelves are empty, people. I mean, joke, jokes on these guys because I make my own soy milk. But, Did you guys uh, see that there is there was a shelf someone posted a picture of from a Trader Joe's uh, the bread the bread aisle and everything's gone except white bread. <laughs> no one's touching the white bread. Oh man, <laughs> so perfect. All right, well, um, good luck, past tense, to everybody on yeah. the Western Coast here. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We hope absolutely. you all got through it fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Should we? Um. Well, there, there is. Uh, we could link to this story, um, just while we're talking about LA weather, because some scientists have, uh, I think based in Israel, have worked out why it takes a little bit of time for a tan to appear after sun has shone on you. Oh. So, yeah. That's this a is, keen this interest is... to me, because, Matt, as you know, I'm so pale that I've been diagnosed as being British. So I actually, <laughs> I'm really, really white. Uh, I'm, I'm, so what I'm happens when you... <laughs> yeah, you I'm, spend too much of your life in radio studios and, it's and, true. and New York, which is the city well, of really, it's it's radio studios. It's also my genetics. I'm Irish, Danish, German, which which means oh, I, yeah, I, that's I, a lot of... I get drunk, I hide the Jews, and I look for them. So that's what that means. But it also <laughs> means I don't really tan. I, I combust and crisp. So what is this you're saying, Matt, that, that you're supposed to lie <laughs> yes, out there and yes, see nothing? Fascinating stuff. Well, so... So, molecular biologist Nadav uh, Elkoshi of Tel Aviv University has discovered that the, the development of a tan only occurs after the skin has first taken care of emergency DNA repair. So, uh, Elkoshi explains, we have two mechanisms designed to protect the skin from exposure to dangerous UV radiation. Hmm. The first repairs the DNA in the skin cells damaged by the radiation, while the second involves increased production of melanin, which darkens the skin to protect it from future exposure. So Elkoshi and his team d hypothesized that delay in tanning is a result of resource prioritization. Basically, all of the cell's resources mobilized to repair radiation damage as quickly as possible, and it's only then, once that's complete, that the cell can allocate resources to the production of melanin. So to test it, the researchers first exposed human skin, observed from consenting surgery patients, nice to know they do that now, yes. they actually yeah, yeah. and cultured it in, in Petri dishes, to UVB radiation. This was so that they could study the activity in the cell in response to radiation damage. And they confirmed that a protein, uh, is it kinase? Kinase? Kinase, I think, called ATM, activated by DNA damage and cri critical to cell repair, springs into action shortly after exposure to UVB radiation. Hmm. That's interesting, but they needed more info. So the follow-up step was to trigger the activation of ATM in the absence of UVB exposure and observe the results. This phase was conducted on mouse models and more human skin samples, um, in both mouse and human skin, a tan developed after an interval, even in the, in the absence of harmful radiation. A close inspection of the cellular processes involved show that the activation of ATM blocks the activation of the MITF protein responsible for increasing melanin production so that the DNA repair can take precedence. Ah. And, yeah. Well. I never uh, knew that this was... I never knew melanin was the reason for tanning, which sounds stupid, I know, but just I, I would have thought... Now I want to find out what the mechanism that makes melanin permanently stick around versus be this thing that goes away once your tan goes away, you know? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still like even people with darker skin, their skin will get more dark during if they're exposed to more sun. And right, but I'm saying the not. baseline, your skin but color yes, is agree. also from melanin. So what makes some of that stick around and some of that be cyclical based That's on sun? That's a fair point. Yeah, what, what, yeah what, what's the range that it goes between? Um, the aptitude for mathematics. The... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just wanna, I always like to, at around the 55 minute mark, I always like to throw in some eugenics. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> phrenology is in the bonus episode. Yeah. 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 We'll do, we'll do, we'll, I like to throw we'll, in some phrenology. patients will yeah. have the, yeah. Jesse's, uh, <laughs> skull, <laughs> skull shape. My, right. Right. I just show up with my calipers and do the podcast. Um, yeah. No, that's a good question. Why it, it has a stopping point. There's a base. Yeah, it seems like there's a baseline for everyone, a base amount, and then it can go above. Uh, I think it's always being produced. So, yeah. uh, in in people who have naturally darker skin, yes, I'm just running this through uh, an unnamed internet source to see if this is true. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, while you're looking it up. I'll fit it. So, Carmit uh, Levy, who's a biochemist and molecular biologist, also at Tel Aviv University, says. The genetic information must be protected from mutations, so this repair mechanism takes precedence inside the cell during exposure to ultraviolet radiation from the sun. The DNA repair mechanism essentially tells all the other mechanisms in the cell, stop everything and let me work in peace. One system effectively paralyzes the other until DNA correction reaches its peak, which occurs a few hours after the UV exposure. The team... The team suspects that DNA repair may even harness some of the components of the pigmentation mechanism in order to maximize the chances of cell survival and minimize the chances of mutation, which I guess is what causes the skin cancer. Um, mm. And the, dis- the discovery, the team says, could be help- used to help study, understand, prevent, and treat the effects of skin radiation damage. Levy says, This scientific discovery has revealed a molecular mechanism that could serve as a foundation for further research that may lead to innovative treatments that will provide maximum protection of the skin against radiation damage. In the long run, it may even contribute to the prevention of skin cancer. So in other words, uh, for a sunblock, I should use cement, I think is what you're saying. Just slather (laughs) on some actual cement on my face to avoid uh, cancer? I think that's what it's saying. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's the main takeaway from this Wear a latex mask when I go outside to protect my skin is, is my takeaway from this. Yep. <laughs> so this story, if they do proceed with innovative ways of protecting yourself from sun damage, like it seems that that would involve like you know some kind of medicine or something that produces more melanin, and like how problematic. Even though that would actually like reduce well, your chances well, of well, maybe of cancer. Well, there's that, but may- maybe not actually because it, it says. Let's say we we really get to know what this mechanism that fixes that repairs any DNA damage um, and prevents the things that cause mutation, which is what the real problem of skin, you know, mm-hmm. the sun sun damage is uh, that causes you know blemishes in the skin and potentially cancer and you know all the other things that sun sun does. Maybe it could eventually lead to a treatment that um, that just increases the repair. Basically, you know, runs higher level, higher quality repair on your skin. Uh, on your skin cells without needing the sort of tanning or sun repelling component. Oh. As, uh, I don't know. Cause I, I, again, like I looked up a while ago, how s- sun uh, block works and there's two different versions, two different mechanisms. And like some sun block actually just reflects the, the sun back, like the zinc based ones. And then some of it, it has chemicals that absorb the sun's rays in preference to your skin cells and break down in the process. That's why you need to keep reapplying it because it basically 
like it breaks so that your skin doesn't right um but maybe this extra having an extra chemical again that sort of repairs any damage that doesn't get blocked by the sunblock what is the evolutionary purpose what is the evolutionary purpose of this of cancer of 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 just the the, of of your skin of of melanin letting your skin tan or not tan oh vitamin d yeah i think or lack of no yeah 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 i think that's that's exactly it or uh there are certain things like vitamin d production being the main one that sun sun's rays are very beneficial for okay but and if you were if, if the first people to leave Africa, if they moved up to like where Sweden is now right. and they had a dark complexion, they would have vitamin D deficiency. So you right. people evolved to get less and less of that to absorb more and more sun to get to produce vitamin D. Is, are there any so, other but the counter? But the counterbalance to that is then if those people like yourself, uh, John, uh, if when you then move to a place like Southern California, where suddenly there is significantly more yes, uh, sun's rays and you no longer need you no longer need the reduced protection of melanin to get enough uh, sun on your skin and in fact it's the opposite problem and well Suddenly, that's that's where i got skin cancer was when i moved to california uh, so because i was a pale man who needed the d yeah <laughs> are there i didn't know th- are there any other vitamins that are like as all over the map as vitamin d for how you can acquire it you know what i mean it's yeah. like you can drink you you can drink cow's breast milk you can go outside mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a mess. <laughs> is that enough? Could you can you just uh, ingest vitamin D and have that be the same benefit as the kind that you make I, I, from uh, I mean, sun exposure? You could probably get there in a very uncomfortable way. You know, I don't know. We've got a lot of listeners with this. I think this <laughs> yeah. is one where yeah, we my doctor, really... my doctor actually gave me a, a concentrated vitamin D pill. Like you're supposed to have one a week and uh, and freebase it. That was my problem. Oh, I nice. had to freebase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hand me my D spoon. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> um, we should we should wrap up the main episode and we'll, we'll do an extra story for the Patreon patrons. But where can our listeners find the many, many things that you do? Oh, my. What's well, the best way to track uh, you down? on tour uh, all next year for uh, I heard it's going to be a big political year, but uh, I'm on Sirius <laughs> XM every night on Channel 127. And we have a, a free podcast, uh, the John Fuelsang podcast. You can get on Apple and Stitcher and uh, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. And our show's not all politics. We have we, we've just recently had Christoph Waltz and uh, Smokey, Smokey Robinson just did our show. We get a lot of celebrities and, and rock stars and rappers as well. So uh, it's not all just politics and comics very cool Amazing. yeah thank uh, you guys you oh you can find us as always probably science.com uh on twitter uh, at probably science individually at andy t wood at jesse case and at matt kershen and if you've got any questions comments uh clarifications uh, explanations about melanin or stories you would like <laughs> us to cover on the show probably science at gmail.com is the email address for that uh you can also find our links on probably science.com for all the stories we cover and for our patreon and paypal pages thank you for everyone who helps keep the show going but i John, learned so you. much i learned so much on your show about why uh i'm so pale because a- a- albino kids called me honky and i feel like that that pain has been lifted because of this conversation <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well that's what we're here for that is exactly what we're here for and john thank you so much for joining us and listeners we will see you next time thank you guys